the new one and i think she has potential <laughs> see you're already healing faster you're gonna do great and we'll be discussing if she did do great hello and welcome to another episode of the forever fangirls podcast i'm sheila amato and you can find me and my wife on twitter at forever fanpod and I am Kimberly Amato, and you can also find us on our website, foreverfangirls.com, or on Instagram at foreverfanpod. We are your hosts, and we are glad you can join us, because today, we have a very exciting episode for you. Yes, as you heard from our intro, we are reviewing the Netflix original film, The Old Guard. Yes, and I am very excited to delve into this film, but just in case you haven't seen it yet, we're going to warn you, there are major spoilers ahead, so please give yourself time to watch it, pause us, we'll do our customary banter music just in case you need time to do that, starting now. So, speaking of Charlize Theron, I'm going to date myself here a little bit. Okay. Do you remember seeing the MTV animated series called Eon Flux? Oh, God, I loved that thing. Did you? Yes. Because it was later made into a film, which we saw. In theaters, yes. In theaters. And that was the first movie that I remember seeing Charlize Theron, where I was like, oh, my God, she's freaking awesome. It's so hot. <laughs> really? Yes. You know, it, um, for me, Eon Flux, I, I loved it. I actually used to stay up really late because MTV aired it really late. So I would stay up and watch yeah. it. Um, but she really embodied that character. Like, mm. I loved how she brought it to screen. I know the film universally is not liked. I personally like it. I did too. And I guess it's because I was not into the anime as much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm sure that the film took liberties and all of that. So, I, it, but taking the film itself was just cool. Yeah. And it was entertaining for what it was. And, you know, the one thing I have noticed about Charlize Theron is it, it, it's really great watching her, I don't know, just be that really kick-ass character on screen and doesn't need anybody to save her. Yeah. And she rocks all of the outfits that she's in. Yeah, and she's not afraid to take like off all her hair and shave it off for like Mad Max. I mean, See, I have not seen Mad Max. She's amazing in that. Well, then maybe we can watch it. Yes, but um, bringing it back to this, when you said that we should watch the Old Guard, and you said that Charlize Theron is in it, I, I had was to like, convince you. I was like, I know. oh, let's watch the Old Guard. You're like, what is that? I'm like, Charlize Theron. You're like, okay. And I was like, yeah, where, when? <laughs> so, anyway, um, now that our banter music has ended we can start our discussion of the old guard. So, as as customary, Kimberly can now read the synopsis in a British accent. Why a British accent? Because this happened like in foreign lands. Really? It was all over like Europe and... That's why I said foreign lands. Can't do all the accents. That's why you're doing it in British accent. Come on. A covert team of immortal mercenaries is suddenly exposed and must now fight to keep their identity a secret just as an unexpected new member is discovered. Dun, dun, dun. Really? Welcome to Movie Phone. You want me to do that one? (laughs) No, that's fine. Okay, so that was the synopsis, but let's set it up, right? So, okay, where's my popcorn? Really? No. (laughs) We're talking. We can't be munching and... Crunch. Yes, no. So, um... 
So Charlize Theron plays the lead, Andy. Mm-hmm. And she leads a team of four immortal-ish warriors, right? There's Booker, Joe, and Nikki. And the four of them together, they work behind the scenes to right the wrongs of the world, right, essentially. The, the key for me here is that, you know, in, their, in one of their discussions, they say that they don't know when they're going to die, right? They feel the pain, but then they get revived. And they have been roaming the earth by themselves until they sense a new immortal, in Niall Freeman, who is a U.S. Marine corporal on the front lines in Afghanistan. So Andy's team sets out to find Niall to bring her into the fold. So the good, the bad, the cute of the old guard. So for me, the the number one good here is obviously Charlize Theron. I mean, she is just badass. You do fangirl over her. I, I yes. But in, in truth, she brings a level to the character um, where she's very tall. She's very statuesque. So Charlize Theron in general has a very striking persona like, or, or just physicality when yeah. she stands there. When you add in her personality and everything, she's in a, a really formidable. Yeah. And, and that's with the character. You see that when you add in the layers of the character. Mm-hmm. The character is very formidable. But then you see these innocent sides or these, I don't want to say innocent, uh, well, she's been alive for so long, yeah, so for centuries. But when she was sitting with Niall and having these like, conversations about all the things that happened in her past, and she's finally opening up and admitting to these things, mm-hmm. there's a, not a weakness, but a vulnerability yes. that she allows only specific people to see. And the way Charlize does that... Um, it's very subtle. It is very subtle. And it's it's it makes, it sticks with the character, but also brings life to the character. And I, I appreciate that. I enjoy that. Yeah. She's multidimensional. And then, you know, she walks away or she walks towards you and you're like, oh boy. Yeah, she's also very tall. <laughs> Just got it. I mean, I'm 5'9". She's very tall. Yes. Um, so another good for me is the fight scenes are the fight scenes mm-hmm. in this whole film. I mean, there's a lot of action here. The choreography and how they, they shoot the, the fight scenes, especially that first scene where they got ambushed. Mm-hmm. And you see them all, okay, they're being bombarded with bullets. You know they're supposed to be dead. And then, you know, they just get revived. Yes. And then you know the crap is going to hit the fan now. Yes. Because now you've pissed them off. Seeing all of the, the gunshots and the, her wielding that... Weapon. Axe thing. Yeah. It's just like, oh boy, I do not want to piss her off. Well, no. I mean, the, and I'm sure there were stunt doubles involved in like a of ton course. of this. And give the actors across the board credit because they really did bring these characters to life in, in a great way that make the implausibility of this feel plausible. Yes. So I just want to say that. But the choreography was, the fight choreography was excellent mm-hmm. because it seemed... And I'm going to use that word again. It seemed very seamless. Mm-hmm. So it reminded me of that one shot of Atomic Blonde. Mm-hmm. Where Another very good Charlize Theron movie. For a lot of reasons. And she is searching this guy's apartment and she literally, they follow the camera. It was like a one shot deal where the camera goes up the stairs and then they follow and they literally had to go take after take. It was a one shot. So the camera followed her through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of that, that type of cohesion, that type of seamlessness where it felt, because sometimes fighting and everything, is, it feels very fake or it feels very jarring in a film. It just doesn't make sense sometimes. 
and you're like, okay, here comes like the next explosion. Woohoo. Right. This just felt like, okay, this is going to be really intense and there's a reason behind it. Right. And it works. And it, it shows the tight knitness of the, of the group, right? Because the way they, they moved know, around one another. Right. They know each other's moves. They know what they're going to be doing. And it also, you know, pulls into the fact that they are, they've been together for so long. Yeah. I mean, again, you have to give credit to the crew and the choreographers and everybody else and and all the hours they probably put in and and days and whatnot building up to shooting this because I'm sure they had to go in for massive rehearsals to set all this up. Right. So, yeah, kudos to that. Yeah. Um, Any other good for the film? It's something that we should see more often, but we don't. Mm. I really love the relationship between Joe and Nikki. Yes. You know, they're a gay couple and um, they love each other dearly. And it's exactly how I feel about you. Like, you know, one doesn't want to live without the other. They don't even want to think about it because like they've said, they don't know when that last revive is going to be. They don't know when they're going to run out. Right. And they don't even want to think about it because thinking about being immortal without the other person is just, it's incomprehensible. You you just can't think about it. Right. It's it's very painful. I, it actually reminds me of you know the Montagues and the Capulets, right? They're, they were they were mortal enemies when they were alive, and they even said you know they they killed each other often mm-hmm. because their religion said so. But then something else bigger than that brought them together, and so you know their their love is transcendent. Yeah, the scene when they got captured and they were in the back of like that armored vehicle, mm-hmm. and you know one of the guards said, "Well, why is he your boyfriend?" And then oh, he went know, off. Joe went off and like you know you're you're a petty man. You have no idea the depth of the feeling that I have for yeah. Nikki here. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but I I, I just I remember him saying like something to the effect of like he is more than that, and and he will never be just a boyfriend. You're so simple-minded to think of it like that. Yeah, yeah, and that's my point. It's it's that it's that deep connection, mm-hmm. and it actually made me cry. It makes me like teary-eyed thinking about it now because it was just. It was one of the best parts of the film. Yeah, that that whole scene, the way the the delivery of the of the lines, and just the way he he was emotive about it. Yeah. The other relationship that's good, I think, is the one between Andy and Quinn. Okay. Who is the uh, the other immortal who um, was put into an iron... Uh, yeah, it, it was some kind of iron She's basically cage. trapped in a iron casket. Yes, and dropped into the bottom of the ocean and cursed to die over and over and over again. I mean, I can't even... I can't even fathom that. Yeah. But the fact that, you know... Andy was the first and Quinn was, you know, the the first immortal that she found mm-hmm. and that they were fighting, you know, together side by side. You know, I I don't think that they were they were together in a romantic sense, but they were together because they were they both had like immortals. a familial right connection. Right. Um and so, you know, that relationship where they they were together because they were the you're you're not meant to be alone. So yeah. you have this other person that you can share this blessing or curse or whatever it is. I'm going to leave my comments on that for later. For later. Okay. So I'm going to pivot a bit, okay. if I may. I want to go to um, the themes of the film. Sure. Because there were there were a lot of interesting themes. And I know we, we wanted to do this with Soul and there was just way too much. Yeah. 
I like the idea of adaptability mm. because one of the things that was uh, being discussed throughout the whole film is they've been hiding, right? They've been in hiding and they discuss how easy it was to hide. And I keep thinking about modern day society and um, how people put vampire films in and all this stuff. How can they hide? How can they legitimately hide for that long? And you can't. You legitimately can't. Unless they, you're off grid. But Okay. You are the same person. If you travel anywhere, there are cameras. If you drive anywhere, there are cameras. If yeah. you, you know, there are satellite images. I see being so extremely difficult to border on impossible. The fact that they understand that technology and everything has changed to the point of at the very end, they drag that individual into their circle and go, guess what? You screwed us over. You sold us out. And now you are going to scrub every trace of us. If you ever hear a blink, if you ever see anything, you are going to find it and you are going to scrub it. They realize they need to expand their circle Mm -hmm. and they're going to need to do this every generation. Yeah. Because when he passes, he's going, if he has family or if he has friends, they're going to have to bring them in. They're going to have to get them accustomed to things. As technologies change, people get older, technology becomes a little more difficult. This is going to be a constant endeavor and that is life. Life is constant adaptability to change. You have to accept change because change is the only constant in our world. I was about to say that. I'm glad you said that because yeah. it is. It is. It's the only change. Uh, I mean, it's the only thing we can consistent between that death and taxes. It's really all we've got. <laughs> you know, we can't control anything else. We can't control what we understand or how we understand it. The only thing we can do is accept it and try to live with it. Right. And process it. And to try to fight change, you're basically the guy pushing a massive boulder up a hill and wondering why it rolls over you. Sisyphus. Sisyphus? I think that's him. This film reminds you that you cannot avoid things like that. Like she has to look back. And again, I'm going to bring this point back. Just deal with me for now. You have to eventually, what you have done in your past will come to haunt you, but you cannot fight the change in front of you. You have to adapt to it. And the the thing that I was going to say that kind of dovetails to that is that, you know, nothing is permanent, right? And, And Andy actually says this in the film. Eventually, everything dies. Yeah. Which, which basically foreshadows the fact that, you know, they, they are also, even though they do revive, uh, you know, they, they come back, not like zombies, but, you know, normal cells. They heal. They heal. Like Wolverine. Yes. They heal, but eventually they will go away. So it's, you know, that is another change. It's just, I cannot even fathom having to live that long and seeing all of the changes and then not get jaded. And in the film, she actually is jaded, mm-hmm. right? She's like, we've, we've tried to help all of these people in the background and it doesn't matter. But the see, world- that goes to another theme. Mm. And I apologize for cutting you off, but that to me goes to another theme. When you're in it, you can't see the change you're responsible for. Yeah. And it takes the gentleman at the end saying, no, look at all the good you've done. And that's when they turn around and go, okay, then we will keep doing this. We will keep fighting, but you're going to scrub us clean. You're going to remove every trace of us. Right. Because they do not want to be caged. Yeah. They cannot cannot be caged. Right. But it's true. Like, think of life. You, You can't fight the change that's coming your way. You can only adapt to it. You're going to, unfortunately, we all have to pass. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you can't see 
that there's light at the end of the tunnel or that you're doing good because you are currently doing it. You are actively living it. Mm -hmm. So that's why she needed someone else to go take a step outside yourself and look at the bigger picture. And I think as human beings, we don't do that enough. But every now and again, what I liked about this film is you have to step out of yourself and take a breath because of the fact that you can be jaded, because they live forever. We can live a very long time. We become jaded over time. Now multiply it by centuries. Well, that's one, you know, I'm sorry to bring in some management theories. No, in bring here, in management. But, um, one of the things that I have in, in the past learned in one of those classes is that you know, it's very important to reflect. Because if you don't reflect, then you keep going forward, but you, you know, if you need to change course or do something different, you can't really necessarily know that unless you take a step back. And so it is, you know, tying into what you said, they have to just take a breath, step back, reflect. You know, and that also ties into another theme of it Mm. is accepting your strength, accepting who you are. Yeah. Because if you don't, then you're fighting yourself and then, you know, you spend centuries doing that anyway. Yeah. I know that they, the theme of like accepting your powers is there. But I also kind of got the feeling it was accepting your flaws and accept that you can still grow. Accept that you are, you're given a gift that mm-hmm. feels sometimes, especially when they're captured, like a curse. Mm-hmm. But they can grow, they can change, and they can adapt. And they can, and again, full circle, adaptability and all that. Mm -hmm. They can be better people. They can, everything that they knew from Civil War photos or whatever wars they've been through or helped or done, they can learn from the mistakes of the past to be better people for the future. Yeah. So, you know, the, the thing also that really got me in this film is the theme of chosen family, right? Yeah. They're, they're from all over the place, all over the world. And because they are bound by this thing that they can do, that they don't know how they get chosen to revive every single time, um, you know, they've, they've become a family. And, you know, within that, sometimes your family betrays you, just like what, um, what Booker did right? He thought he was doing the right thing mm-hmm. by, you know, turning them in because he, he being, enough. being in, in the life for centuries and losing the family that he had when he was normal human, it's painful. And then they had to, they had to realize, you know what, they can they can forgive, but there has to be a price to pay. You have to be accountable for your actions. Yeah. And so they couldn't let him off just with an apology like what Niall wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they basically exiled him for a hundred years. And that's if... By himself. That's if he survives that long. Because again, they don't know when it stops. They don't know when it stops, but they... They're, they're, they are giving him a punishment based on what they know. Right. And what they hope to be. So in some way, it is an even worse punishment because if he stops healing tomorrow, 
he never gets to see them again and he never gets forgiveness. Well, the thing that I actually took from that scene is not from his perspective, but the fact that, and they said this in, in a few lines in the movie, is that she has already lost her mortality, immortality. Mm-hmm. Andy has already lost her immortality. And so in a hundred years, she might not be there. She won't be. So she might not, well, she said, you I, know, have faith. But uh, the the point is, you know, he has made a decision that affected the whole team, which then eventually will cause him not to see her when he's finally brought back into the fold. Yeah, and another great theme about humanity. You know, we need to take responsibility for what's put out there, for yes. what's said, for what's done. Yes. Um, you there know, has to be accountability. So there has to be accountability because if there is none, will he learn? Will individuals learn? In this case, will Booker learn? I mean, this his face when he was like, but but you might not be here, and 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 I won't see anybody for a hundred years. It's it's going to be lonely, and it's the re- the the reality check that yeah. started. And give that actor amazing credit because the reality you watched it right, and it was like the gears started turning, and it just slowly crept up from his toes all the way to his eyes. And when he looked at her, the fear, because he's not been alone for right. that long, right. It, it seemed like anyway that they were always, you know, doing their own thing, but they can always come back together. Yeah. I so mean, they had that freedom, but I, to not be able to come home, right? Yeah. To just say, no, you're, you're gone for a hundred years. Because, yeah, there's no one to text. There's no one to talk to. There's no one to... Yeah. I mean, and, and you have That's to... Tough. And it is very tough, but you also go to, to his character. His son was dying of cancer and his son was begging him for help. Yeah. And, and he couldn't do it. No. So I understand why he was pushed to that point, mm-hmm. but that's where it's like you you need to talk to your friends about it. These this is your chosen family. You can't just turn everyone in thinking you're doing the right thing for everyone. Right. You can't make universal decisions like that when it comes to affecting so many other people. Right. At least in in this environment that's been set up. Right. And so, you know, to to bring it full circle, that just to me, that is the hallmark of a very well put together story, well executed. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did not f- feel that this was a two hour movie. No. Two hours and five minutes. No. Um, it didn't feel that at all. Um, in fact, we were wondering whether or not there was going to be a sequel. And I read somewhere online that this was meant to be a trilogy. Okay. So I'm like, oh, yes, please. Hey, you know what? If it's a trilogy, we'll watch it. I mean, it, it left. I'm not going to go there yet. I'm just going to let you continue with the bad. Because if I go there, I'm going to go into like the cute and it diverges everything. Well, we, we touched on some of the cute already, but that's fine. Go ahead. Go um, into the bad. Okay. So hopefully that, you know, the trilogy does come out. I That's a bad if it doesn't. How's that? <laughs> that's a bad if it doesn't. Um, I actually did not realize that this was based on a graphic novel and that it's already out there. I was actually tempted to read the graphic novel, and then I was like, nope. Well, how about how about this? I'll read it, because I don't mind. After I finish reading the book that I'm reviewing, I will read it, mm-hmm. and I won't tell you anything. You inevitably tell me. So no, please don't. Osmosis will get you the information. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. I won't read it. We'll read it together later. Yes. Okay, so the bad. Um, I, I, was, I was struggling with this a little bit because I don't think that this was a bad necessarily. But um, 
Harry Melling, the actor who plays the villain Merrick in the film, mm-hmm. um, was a character that I just wanted to throttle. I mean, I just wanted to just... Mm. Uh, he, I just did not like that character at all because he embodied all of the greed and all of the power and all of the ruthlessness that you know, if, if someone lets themselves get uh, enveloped in that, then they do things just to make sure that they keep the power. And it just was not, it was not good no. for me. And I love the scene when he fell off the building and died. So, <laughs> okay, then um, I found him irritating, stereotypical, annoying. And when he was on screen, I could figure out what he was going to do or say beforehand. And it somewhat annoyed me because it felt formulaic for his character. But in these types of films, that's what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think I was a little at least when we watched it, I was a little um, sensitive to it because of what's going on in in the United States political climate. Mm. So I think that influenced my feeling towards him. Um, But yeah, he he just, he needed to be smacked down a lot. Yes. You know, he just did not care about anybody else except... But that's not really bad. Well, he didn't care about anybody else except for how it would affect his company. And so he would go to the ends of the earth to... But that's just a true villain. That's not really a bad aspect of the film. No, I just... They did it so well that I still (laughs) do not like him. Okay, then. Um, I agree on that, actually. I... uh, Bad, bad. There were some slow spots. See, I didn't think so. There were... It's not like... I'm being nitpicky. Um, There were some slow spots. I mean, to be super nitpicky, I really... um, Okay, I'm going to bring up what I was talking about earlier with Andy and Quinn's relationship. Mm. Okay, so they discuss in the film, they don't make it super clear when it comes or goes, right? You get it, you don't know why you got it, and then it just goes away one day. Mm-hmm. And you have no idea how many like times you get to come back or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but then they discuss that this one guy, they watched die or whatever, he wasn't healing, and they had to let him go because he died. They don't know why he died, but right. he was younger than Andy. Yes. I believe. So Quinn is in the bottom of the ocean. We all know that the things freaking rust after time. So if she's under the ocean, but literally she wakes up, she dies. 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 Like, and this is like hourly. Mm-hmm. So if theoretically she's in the bottom of the ocean and we know, again, spoiler alert, you've been listening to this this whole time. She comes back at the end, which I completely saw coming the minute they mentioned her. Mm-hmm. If legitimately you're running out of time, every time you revive and you're not, I mean, it just, it it needs to be clarified because it doesn't, I literally saw her and I'm like, okay, so she's been dying every hour on the hour for like centuries, at least 500 years. Okay. 500 years. Even if it's 400 years of dying every hour on the hour, I mean, there's no way she still has the power at this point. It doesn't feel logical based on what they're discussing, how Andy's been around for this long and she hasn't died as often and she's losing it. It doesn't make logical sense to me. It doesn't feel explained or given enough time to develop to really go there. Well, that's why we need the the, the other two sequels. I, yeah, Maybe. But I don't, I, I don't know if they're going to... It's one of those things where films like this sometimes won't ever touch on it because it's not as overly important. Mm. 
And you were being nitpicky. I so. am being nitpicky, but I, I mean, I could see it coming a mile away when they mentioned her. I'm like, oh yeah, she's still alive, and Booker's going to find her, and this is going to happen, and that's going. And you were like, no, no. I'm like, yeah. you know, that was one of my cute. You just took it that away. I'm sorry. Should we go into the queue then? I'll just, okay, go into the queue. I'm stopping now. Uh, okay, so the fact that you did call it at the end, I was like, really? I actually told you when they mentioned the story, I said, she's still alive. And you're like, no, she's in the bottom of the ocean. I'm like, oh, no, they would not tell you that if she wasn't coming back. And that, that goes to one of my cues. Back to the relationship between Andy and Quinn. They have set up the most amazing, villainous, arch nemesis because Andy made a promise and she broke it and she broke it because legitimately the ocean is vast. She had no information. Yeah. She didn't know where they, they cast her off. I mean, they, they actually did search for her. They did mention it. And she gave up and she told, I think Quinn, something like she'll never get up. I'll find you. You'll be fine. We'll be together. And she didn't. And if you're waking up, dying, waking up, dying, waking up, dying, that is going to mess you up mentally. And you are going to become a perfect villain, perfect uh, arch nemesis. Because you're crazy? I know, because all of your pain, all of your torment, you focus on one. If you, if you do it well as a, as a written character, you focus on one point, And that one point gets you through. Mm. Now imagine estimated 400 years in a metal contraption as it slowly rusts. So maybe you can get your foot out, but you can't get the rest of your body out. And you're slowly feeling that and you're slowly doing that. And all you're thinking in your head is, oh, she's going to come. Oh, she's going to come. Oh, she, every time you wake up, oh, she here yet? No, she's, oh, I'm dead. Oh, she here? No, I'm dead. And it's over and over and over again. She is done. And that revenge, that focal point of revenge is going to be some amazing storytelling. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> Sorry. I guess we'll just have to wait until it comes out. Hopefully. Um, the, the, the one cute that I was thinking of was the easygoing nature of the team. And by that, I mean, you know, when they were in the opening scene in Morocco, mm-hmm. right? They were, um, Nikki gave Andy a little package. And Andy said, oh, baklava makes me hungry, actually. So <laughs> really, yes, I'm thinking about food. Um, and so, you know, there you know, she took a bite and they they took bets about yep. can she figure out the ingredients in this? And she like just nailed she drew, it. But she drew, like, drew it out and she's yeah. like, oh, and I taste a hint. And it was just you could see them going and 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 then she knew where it was made. Right. And so, you know, that it's it's just that. You know, they, they have that easygoing camaraderie. In the same token, though, they unquestionably know that Andy is their leader, mm-hmm. right? Three guys, they, they are led by a woman, and it doesn't matter. It's fine. She is the leader. And no even when asked. she loses her, her immortality, they consider her the leader, and they protect her, and they right. threw their bodies in front of her. Right. And she even said, you know, this, this changes nothing. They still... They're still going to do what they what they came to do. Yeah, and if she dies, she dies. Right. She accepts it. Right. So, yeah, I thought that that was really... And I, I love how the, the adorableness for me is when Niall... You can tell she was fully in the fold mm-hmm. when she started protecting Andy. Yeah. And just accepted that she's going to learn, she's going to grow, and she is like this younger sibling to Andy now. She's part of this chosen family. And it was... 
it was the way she stood up to Andy that I found adorable. Yeah. Because it was like, I'm going to do this whether you like it or not. So are we in or not? And it was just this, it was really a, a great um, chemistry between the two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And uh, another good, uh, cute, I should say, another cute thing um, was, and you referenced this earlier when we were talking about the good, when Copley, who was played by Chueto, is that how you pronounce his name? Asking the wrong person. Okay. Um, So Copley shows them, you know, the actions that they've done over the centuries actually has a compounding effect, or actually he said exponential effect. So, you know, that tiny little mentoring or helping hand actually got changed the trajectory of whoever it was that they were helping. And it was so much more as time went on because it just compounded. And so mm. I thought that that was a, a good life lesson as well. You know, that's why mentors, I, in one of our previous episodes, we were talking about how mentorship is really um, very uh, important. Yeah. Teaching the youth. I think it was for soul, actually, that we, we need to mentor the young of our generation so that they can grow up and realize their full potential. Yeah. Just, just passing it forward, paying it forward, passing it forward. What is it? A softball? Well, that's why I corrected myself and said <laughs> paying it forward. Cause sometimes I really mess those up. Yes, dear. Okay. So any more cute? Nope. I'm good. You're good. Okay. So now that we finish our discussion of the old guard, it's time for the forever fangirls rating. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So drum roll, please. Okay. And we rate it five stars. As if you didn't know. Yeah, I know, right? But, you know, as we've been discussing between the delivery, the writing, the performances, um, it's an excellent adaptation uh, from the graphic novel. And I really think it's worth a watch. And I do hope these the two sequels come out. Yes, um, I, I really am looking forward to that. Um, yeah, that's that's really it. And then when they're done, can we read the graphic novel? Yes, okay, we can. Good. Just making sure. So that is our show for today, everyone. I do thank you for joining us. If you're listening to this podcast on your smartphone, be sure to hit the little subscribe button and if you know, so you don't miss an episode of our banter and silliness. And if you do have a moment, please just leave us a review of this episode and let us know what you think. Until next time, stay safe. Be kind and remember, pay it forward. Your kindness to someone today may just be the help they need to get onto a better path. And as Andy says, we don't get to say of when it ends. We never have, but we can control how we live. <laughs>